I am Brother Luke Rowicki. I am Brother Andrew Torrey. And today we are going to talk about some very interesting stuff. Brother Andrew, what's right. been going on here in Rome? Well, here in Rome, we're in exams, right? It's been a month long. It's been, well, three weeks so far. We're on our third week of four weeks of exams. But before we talk about what we've been studying, we had a great event in the U.S., right? Back on, back on sacred U.S. soil, we had the March for Life. <laughs> March for Life was really awesome, and I read that there were about 100,000 people. Wow. Yeah, 100,000 people, and it was the first time that, uh, that a president, a sitting U.S. president spoke. Tr- president Trump spoke, spoke at the March for Life. Um, I think some people were mentioning that, oh, it was just a political uh, maneuver of President right. Trump. Either way, I was so happy because, for me, even if it's political, at least he's going to the right crowd and the right venues Two, if it is just to promote himself. Right. Because he's promoting something at the same time, he's promoting something very good, and he brings more attention right. to this event, which is so important, right. which is for the life of the babies and for the good of all the women right. that are in sometimes these difficult situations. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely, obviously we all know, he's a really polarizing figure. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of strong emotions about him, both positive and negative. There's things that I really don't like about him, things that I do like about him. Um, one thing I do like about him is that he's, He's been pushing forward these pro-life policies. Um, he's been appointing judges who are, you know, under the crit- criteria of, you know, you know, being pro-life. He's been pulling back, uh, you know, pro-choice policies that have that have been expanding abortion, like taxpayer-funded abortion, things like that. He's been pushing for, you know, limits, et cetera, um, you know, pr- to protect human life. And his speech was just. <laughs> It was a little bombastic, his speech, um, I, I, like he, his, all, all of his speeches are. Um, <laughs> but there were some just great phrases that were about the sanctity of human life. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, of course, in an election year, it's definitely a political thing, obviously. But the fact that he said it was, was for me, a, a sign of encouragement. And at the same time, you don't always have to be – you can maybe have a positive political uh, – like it could help you politically just to be at the event – but the fact that he was so outspoken about God, about the divine nature mm-hmm. or the divine um, dignity, right. dignity, uh-huh. the dignity of, but the, he even mentioned that the soul is a gift from God. It's like the, yeah. that divine aspect right. of the soul. To be that explicit and outspoken about those those themes, mm-hmm. I thought it was very bold. And it was. That's yeah. inspiring for me. It was, yeah. It, it, it was a great speech. I, I liked it. Um, there were some phrases that I didn't that were really a little too far for me, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I thought I thought it was good. But what I, I really wanted to be at the March for Life because you knew you and I were there. You were there for three years in a row. Three right? years in a row. I was only there Faithful. for one year. Yeah, <laughs> and we were we we were there and we saw all these faces that were just so joyful and they just had so much energy and they were. I remember I was there. Remember we were we were all together with these with this big crowd of people and I got a uh, megaphone. Yeah, brother Andrew, you it got a little so carried much, away. <laughs> it was so much fun. I got this megaphone, and we were we were just doing all these pro-life cheers, and you're know, like, "We like babies, yes, we do. We like babies. How about you?" And we, you know, <laughs> gestured to the other side of the street, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. So that was a great that was a great event that happened again this year. Hopefully, hopefully we won't need to have this March for Life for for much longer. We'll see. We'll see how much longer we'll need it. March of Thanksgiving, right? Praise, yeah. Hopefully. 
Exactly. So that was in the States. That was in the States a couple weeks ago. But here in Rome, we are just languishing in our rooms, <laughs> poring over books and catechism and Bible and Aristotle and Thomas Aquinas. So that's What more could you want? I know, really, exactly. I do feel spoiled sometimes because obviously growing up, you have all the classes that some you do like and some you like a little less, like for me, math and science. And yeah. But now it's picking up scripture and I had to examine the prophets, exam on the sacraments, something uh-huh. of the catechism. And Good. yeah, sometimes it can be a little hard to get into it and just like sit down and put all the other things away and phone and everything and right. sit down and read yeah. and study. But I love it. Yeah, me too. And for us, you know, preparing to be priests, philosophy and theology is the... It's the meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes is the cream, creme de la creme. Um, and it's the... Can you think of a third one? <laughs> the... It's, it's icing it's, on the cake. Icing on the cake. There you go. <laughs> All right. It's great. It's great. One thing I noticed that I've been noticing about my studies, um, like you mentioned the phone. Like I've noticed like how Im- impulsive my hands are sometimes. Like I'm, I'm doing something and I'm trying to... I'm trying to read through this, you know, this page of dense philosophy, and then all of a sudden my mind's like, oh, I want to stop, and does somebody send me a message? Uh, have, you, have you felt that too? Yeah, and so maybe you can tell us what you've been doing to fight that. I, I put it in my drawer. I, put it in my, uh-huh. I open up the drawer, put my phone in, close it, because even if it's on silent, which normally my phone's on silent, because yeah. we live in a seminary, and so if your phone like goes off... During prayers, it's kind of embarrassing. Right. That you happened, the other, that happened the other day. Not to me. <laughs> no, in the, in the, in the dining room. I know. After at, the prayer. At, in the dining room, at the end of the dining room, <laughs> we all say, we, at, at the beginning, of, in the end of a meal, we say a prayer. And at the end, I think it was yesterday or two days yeah. ago, somebody's phone went off <laughs> right at the moment of silence. What did he get rid of? <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. But yeah, I think just putting your phone away, completely out of sight, out of mind, because then you don't see like the little blinking light that says, right. read this message, read this message. Yeah. And so you can... We have to do that, and I think yeah. if we don't do it, and yeah. a lot of times we're preaching it, then right, we have to woe to us exactly woe to us. And I think, yeah, we need to educate ourselves to respond to our distractions because we live in a culture that's really fast-paced, and our mind always wants to be stimulated by an image, by something new, by you know just new things happening. And if we don't take the time just to go slowly through things that we're doing, then we can then we'll miss um, we'll miss the deeper things. Exactly. Yeah. I would call that, and maybe you would agree, the Dunque hermeneutic. The Dunque hermeneutic. Exactly. <laughs> Taking a step back and seeing what it's all about. Yep. And then just going deeper and not being happy just for like these little soundbite reflections or, or the little things that we do. You know. And that actually also brings me to the. Our last week review, our last month's episode of the New Year's yes. Whisper, where we talked That's about right. New Year's resolutions and making our, our goals something very concrete, but also based on the signs of the times. And what uh, theme is more prominent right now for signs of the times than technology, our cell phones, mm-hmm. and finding ways to respond to yeah, what could be the harmful effects of technology, which in itself is not a bad thing, of course. Right. But yeah, we can we can talk about that and continue reflecting on that, and keep sending us your logos for the year. I put mine up there on Facebook. Yeah, I know Andrew Rowicki, my father, also put his up there, <laughs> which is it was great. That's great. And so it's it's putting our resolutions, writing them down, putting them on paper, and even yes. with an image. It's important to, to write them down. Yeah. So otherwise, we'll we'll forget them. Yeah. One thing that I started to do 
that I've always kind of wanted to do is on my door, is on my door I've, I put like a little f- uh, motivational phrase oh. or something like I, like I just cut out a piece of paper and tape it on the door. Um, right now I have a phrase of Mother Teresa. And she's, she said so many amazing things. Um, but this phrase says, don't let anyone leave you without making them more joyful. Well, yeah. talk about concrete. Yeah, exactly. And so I have it on my door. It's on my door. And so every time I leave, I see it, right? And then, of course, I need to change the phrase every now and then so I don't get used to it, right? Because we all get used to the things. Um, but, but yeah, just like a little reminder of like, you know, who, who I am as a Christian. And, um, that could be a nice little slogan for our podcast. Yeah. I hope at the end of this podcast, all our listeners are a little bit more joyful. A little more joyful. Yeah, exactly. Make people spread the joy. And I got a lot of joy out of the, the Pope's homily a few days ago. Oh, for the Feast of Consecrated Life. Right, exactly. For Feast the of Presentation. Presentation. Exactly. And it was, it was one of the, I think I have to say, one of the most moving homilies I've, I've read from, from Pope Francis. Um, Where can people find that if they haven't read it? So all you do is you go to Google, you type in Pope Francis, homily, um, presentation of the Lord. And if people don't know what Google is? that No, that's like a first principle. <laughs> Everybody knows what that is. <laughs> so I have Pope Francis, homily, presentation of the Lord 2020, you'll find it. Perfect. And he said in that homily, for the, it was the World Day of Consecrated Life. So that means that there were a bunch of nuns, a bunch of brothers, a bunch of priests at that mass. And I, I actually stayed at the house to study because we're in exams. Um, but I read the homily afterwards, and the Pope said, he said that, he was talking about Simeon, right? Simeon's the, the, the old, uh, you know, holy man who was in the temple um, 2,000 years ago when Mary and Joseph walked in and presented Jesus uh, to the Lord in the temple. And he was there. He was waiting for something to happen. He didn't know what. But then when his eyes fell on Jesus, he says, Now, Lord, you, you may let your servant go in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And so he saying that you may let your servant go in peace now, he, he's saying that I don't need anything else. You can just go. I, I, can, just, I can just go from this life in peace and happily because I've seen what really matters. I've seen your salvation. He, he, he had this intuition from the Holy Spirit that this child wasn't just a normal human being, but he was, he was the salvation of God. And that's what religious life is about, the Pope said. The Pope said that religious life is this vision of seeing God's salvation, of seeing Jesus and, and falling in love with him and not wanting anything else above that. And that's, and he said, that's why he was telling all these, these religious uh, at, the, at the mass, that's why all of you have left everything behind to, to follow him because he is the one thing necessary. And one he, of my big lights from, sorry to cut you off there, no, but from the 30 day spiritual exercises, uh, yes. it was uh-huh. something that my, uh, one of the, my spiritual guide told me that he said, pay attention to this Psalm. I think it's Psalm 15. And he said, the, the Levites, for their inheritance, because when all the land gets divided up, all the, the, of the 12 tribes, the only one that didn't have a piece of land were the Levites. Why is that? Because they were the priests. And so the priest's inheritance wasn't a piece of land, like a, an earthly good, yeah. but it was God himself. So they were, they were going to be dedicated to worship to God. And so he said, reflect on that for yourself, because as us, called to be religious, 
goes back to the Old Testament that our only treasure, our only good is God. And that's why on the day of our profession, we receive our one possession that I can claim as my own, which yeah. is the crucifix. Yeah. Jesus himself. Christ is our only good. That's right. Yeah. And it's, and it's something that, like you were saying, you know, signs of the times, like how are we responding to the, to the needs of the needs of the church? Well, you and I are both, we're both preparing for our final vows um, later this, this summer. And one way that I'm trying to respond, um, and we'll, what we're going to go through today's episode talking about different responses to the signs of the times, one way I'm trying to respond is preparing for my final vows because <laughs> that's my that's big, important. That's my big responsibility right now. And I'm just everything I'm reading, my my prayer, um, I'm uh, the way I live community life. I'm trying to find my one true joy and happiness in keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus with my brothers next to me. Um, and yeah, I, I, there's a lot of preparation that we have to do to to prepare for our for our final vows uh, for life. Even though these past ten years have been <laughs> have been a long also. have been a long preparation as well. But um, but yeah. So so responding to the signs of the times. Let's go a little. Let's go a little deeper in this in this theme. There's a big event going on right now in in the Legionaries of Christ. That's our that's our religious order. And the big event is called a general chapter. Brother Luke, can you tell us what a general, general chapter, chapter? Yeah. What is what is a general chapter? The general chapter is uh, a meeting. I think it's every six years, at least for our congregation, an ordinary general chapter where the congregation will elect. Uh, a certain number of of priests mm-hmm. to represent um, the entire legion and talk about the major issues, the government of the congregation, the economy of the congregation, yeah. the mission of the congregation, uh, the religious life in general. So how the formation of the the brothers and seminarians coming up the ranks. Yeah, and especially for us right now, a major theme uh, has been the abuse scandals. Um, that have been caused by legionaries in the past and how we respond to that mm-hmm. and how we make up for the mistakes we've made in the past of not responding soon enough, not responding adequately, not responding at all. Right. Um, and it's helped me to see that um, from the different communications that have come out of these meetings so far, that uh, the general chapter has put much more time in and they continue reflecting on this subject yes. than they had actually had in the mm-hmm. previous in the the agenda at the beginning of when they laid out, okay, this is going to be our month-long agenda, or month-and-a-half-long agenda. Mm-hmm. They've decided, no, this is a theme that we need to continue reflecting on as a congregation. Right. And so they've been doing that, and they've had um, actual weeks, victims come weeks, in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these victims have talked about their experience and the wounds that continue in their lives through adulthood and pretty much for the rest of your life to help us understand as priests but as yeah, and as spiritual guides and father figures, yeah, the hurt that it causes when we are not faithful and when we hurt other people through any type of abuse, but especially sexual abuse. Um, so, as the general chapter is is reflecting on those things, but it's a it's a huge moment for the congregation, right? Yeah, it is, and it's um, well, we we were we were privileged um to to listen to a conference the other day last week. Um, we had. There were there were two uh, victims of sexual abuse who came to our seminary, uh, who the day before had spoken to all of the chapter fathers who were, you know, the who were gathered together in a meeting, and so the day after they spoke to them, they came to our seminary and spoke to us about all that they had suffered. You know, one had been abused by a, a priest when mm-hmm. he was eight years old for a period of four years, 
and then another had been abused by her own dad. And it was really, it was really tough to, to hear, um, really tough to hear what, they, what they've suffered. Um, you know, it really changes things when you hear them speaking personally and when you see their face and when you're hearing them from their own lips saying what they've suffered and the, not just the, the, the obvious emotional um, destruction that, that's, that's wreaked on their souls, but, but also like, they're, like physically they have you know, physical complications in their bodies, um, you know, psychological distress, uh, some of them, you know, spiritual, like how, how, like when you look at a priest, like, you know, you can imagine all these things that they, that they suffer through. And I'm very grateful that, that they had the courage. Exactly. That they came and they, and they shared their story. I mean, how, how many people have, are just under this cloud of like not wanting to talk about it. Um, and that's one of the critiques of, uh, that's one of the great critiques, uh, of, of the Legion. Like you were saying, not responding or not being proactive to go out to to find who who has suffered at our own hands and how that's happened and how can we how can we make th- how can we make things right or how can we try to restore some sort of justice. Um, so I'm 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 really frustrated that this is all this is all happening, but um, that this has happened. But I'm but I have to say I have I have hope. I I I. I it would be. It would be. Uh, I'm not. I'm not desperate. I, I have hope that 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 we're on the right path. Um, you and I, brother Luke, we joined the seminary what 10, 11 years ago, and we joined uh, the same at, year that the, the, the scandal came public. out. Right. So the past ten years, we've all, you know, we've all, we all know what abuse is about, and so like the new crop of of people that's here in the seminary, we're all like super sensitized to to this to this terrible scourge that's affected the church um and that is a, that for for i think for you as well as for me that's that's like um an impulse to develop a a, a stronger more solid priestly fatherhood yes yes um and i think the something that i've been thinking about a lot too and uh has been told to me is that to remember that you just because you put on the cassock the robe that we wear and you have the color just even if by your priest ordination you're not exempt from being a man who has limitations oh, and yeah. has is, has temptations. Absolutely. And so we need to be very realistic. And there's very a lot of concrete means that we can take, that we are taking, um, to make sure that we're healthy, that we're happy, that we're we're doing what we're we're called to do to form ourselves to become, like you said, those priestly figures. And that's something that we can all uh, ask ourselves: like, am I doing everything I can to uh, nurture my soul? Do I have things in my lifestyle that are not healthy? And how can I be more balanced? Uh, one of the big things for me, you mentioned it as well, community life. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for me, signs of the times right now during this whole time of uh, turmoil and kind of confusion that if you go on social media and you type in Legionaries of Christ right now yeah. and you see what people are saying. Yeah. Um, and many of them have been hurt by actual events. And so for me, it's it's a motivation for me to read mm-hmm. those critiques and to understand yes. where people are coming from. But signs of the times, I want to spend more time talking about these things Yes, because it's helped me so much. When I read something negative about the Legion, I think, oh my goodness, is, is it all bad? Is Right. And then uh-huh. I go and talk to someone and hear their perspective, whether it's a brother, whether it's my parents, whether it's a friend, and begin to, to assimilate 
all this, mm-hmm. and you kind of get both sides, and maybe one side's partial this way, one side's biased that way, Yeah. and there's emotions that get involved and all these things, but it, it's helped me so much, and I've especially made it a point to say, okay, well, maybe God wants me to spend more time with my brothers, especially bringing up these things, and just starting simply with, hey, brother, how are you doing? And Yeah. And usually the conversation just flows from there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, also, yeah. I think that's great because um, one of the reasons, not the only reason, of course, but one one reason that that makes that favors somebody who commits some sort of abuse is because he's he or she is is trying to fill uh, a gap that they have, um, and so one one of those gaps could be a lack of affection, a lack of love, a lack of you know you know not feeling like you're in a family or not feeling like somebody somebody loves you, cares for you. And so one of the what you're what you just said is a great is is really important because if we don't ha- build that community life that brotherhood uh, loving the brothers who are with us and letting ourselves be loved by them if we don't build that then we then we put ourselves at risk in the future um, not God forbidding not I mean it doesn't just happen like well, okay I don't feel loved so I'm gonna go do something really terrible not it, but it, those things happen little by little right you know uh, sexual abuse is something that's prepared over time. But one way we can we can really yank those roots out of the ground is by putting our first building blocks really nice and strong. Yes. And the community life, you know, being there for the, for the brothers, noticing maybe somebody who's who's um looks a little sad or who's struggling, you know, reaching out to them um not like something that we do in our in our religious community, but that's something that we should all do wherever we are uh, in, our, in our work communities and our own families. And our churches, um, keeping our eyes open and being that loving brother, that loving sister. Um, Someone else was signs of times. I've started thanks to my uh, sister-in-law who put in our our family chat, hey, has anyone read the Benedict Option? I think it's a good answer to the situation the world's in today, but it could be, what do you all think? Uh And I hadn't read it. And so I've started listening to it, uh, audiobook. And I really liked one of the points he made. About because sorry, the, the, who's the author? So uh, Dreyer, Dreyer, Rob, Rod, Rod. I think it's Dreher, right? Dreher, D R E H E R. Yeah. Okay. How yeah. do you say that, Dreher? I think it's Dreher. Okay. I don't know. Look it up and. Find oh, he'll out. correct us. I'm sure he's listening to this. Exactly. Podcast. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so the <laughs> the Benedict option refers to Saint Benedict, who's in I think the sixth century or seventh century, and he creates a monastic community to not be affected by what could be worldliness and living with riches and then but being able to focus entirely on God and living a life um, dedicated to him. And so he says, okay, that's not possible for everyone based on your state of life and your work and your families and everything. So what can we do then to be inspired by Benedictine priests or monks um, who live this life that's very regimented with their prayer life, with their community life, with work um, or at Labora? Yeah, prayer and work. Uh, he says, and he gives principles based on uh, the constitution. So, like the main overarching guidelines for Benedict Benedictine abbeys. One of the points he made is for the Benedict option that you want to counteract a culture that's anti-Christian. Is you can't wait for politicians, like you can't wait for President Trump, you can't wait for um, yeah the people that have these political positions. To make those changes. Yeah. He said right now, for example, when he's using, uh, he went through the whole history of politics and philosophy, which is very interesting. Okay. He said, right now, as a Catholic, you can't say that, oh, the Republic, this Republican candidate is 100% in line with what I believe. And mm-hmm. so it's, 
a shoe in or this Democratic candidate is 100% for or against. Right. Uh-huh. And there's no candidate that responds exactly. And so, like, he's, again, just using that to support what he's saying that we have to take action. And how do we do that? We have to create Christian culture and be bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's something that that inspired me a lot. I just recently had a um, very interesting encounter here in Rome. Yeah. It's not every day. You get to meet an NFL football player and a Heisman Trophy winner. Heisman Trophy winner. Tim Tebow, who put on this fantastic event at our university yeah. um, where we, Brother Andrew and I study daily. Yeah, yeah. And they converted it into a high school prom setting, which brought me back <laughs> to my high school days. For, for who? Who were they? Too long get? ago. Ah, and yeah. uh-huh. The guests this time were... Uh, a bunch of 16 and up age um, year old uh, special needs, most of them sy- uh, Down syndrome, uh-huh. um, men and women. And they were, he organized this event to make them the star of the evening. So they wow. were treated like celebrities from the moment they stepped on the campus. That's beautiful. And then during the entire night. So they ha- there was a red carpet. They all got to sit and take a picture in this old Rolls Royce. Oh, uh, really? Uh, there were pictures being taken of them constantly and That's videos. Cool. And they go down to the the hall where there was buffet food and just like banquet setting, and then there was dancing. Um, but I think someone that like Tim Tebow, who I just noticed uh, has two million followers on his Instagram. Wow! Right, so that's called an influencer these days. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Capital I. If you're doing something that bold for for Christ, so he's very outspoken, saying this is for God. And one of his one of the lines that I loved yesterday, at the end of the night, they're all crowned prom king or queen. Uh huh. But each person gets this crown, each, each this gold one. crown, yeah, wow. on their heads. And he said, this is my favorite moment of the evening because you all get to recognize how God sees you every day as a king and a queen. And yeah. so each of them receives this crown, and they were so happy. Yeah. And their parents were so happy seeing their kids so happy. Um, but on the, if you go on his Instagram, you see that he he speaks about, like, a better world. He speaks about a world that where people are – their dignity is recognized and how, and how God is at the center of his life. And what you're speaking about, too, like Simeon's vision – Mm-hmm. Of Christ, where it's like, I'm waiting for this one thing, which is which is God's yeah. coming into my life. I I saw that in Tim Tebow and the, the example that he gave organizing mm-hmm. this event called Night to Shine. Night to Shine that happens all over the world during this week, right? Um, and there's I think 700 events yeah. this year wow. during this week of Night to Shine all around the world. He comes to uh, a few of them, so he came to Night to Shine Rome yesterday. But I think that. That is how we're going to change that's culture. Bold. That's bold, what he's is doing. Yeah. creating culture. Like one of the things he said is that a lot of times Christians forget we have a culture. Uh-huh. And so we just go along for the ride with what's being said and, and, and we follow things that whatever is on social media is right or it's true or it's cool. Uh-huh. And we forget that we actually have a, a culture that's enriched the entire world. Absolutely. So how can we in small ways in our families, at our workplace, in our, mm-hmm. in our neighborhood uh, start – building a christian culture yeah and we have we have to do this because because our world is getting it's there's a lot of clouds there's a lot of clouds and then we can't see we can't see clearly you know a lot of the good things about about christian life are sort of being you know um shadowed i think if you can say that um and we need we need to do something bold like you're saying like the, you know this benedict option uh, benedict option book or or tim tebow like these are people who are who care I'm like what am i going to do because it's not, we can't wait for the people in power, like you're saying. We have to, we have to, what can I do? What can Brother Andrew do? What can I do to, to, to contribute? Um, and I think we had, um, well, what the Tim Tebow thing was, is even more compelling because he came right after what? Right? He, he came here to Italy, to Rome, 
right after he and his oh yeah he and so yeah. he and his wife who is miss universe that's right they just gotten married they just got married so this is like their their honeymoon was included these events for special needs that's amazing men and women yeah and so it's it's someone who's because it's not always easy to to build culture might mean sacrifice might mean taking a risk um but that's what that's what god or called and this is why our baptism and and then confirmation by the sacraments, we're called to be uh, pronouncing and evangelizing, proclaiming the gospel in everything we do, through our lives, through our words. And everyone, no one is excluded. Right. No Christian is excluded from this mission Nobody. that Christ gave to the apostles and his first disciples and, and calls us to today right. to go out and transform culture. Right, exactly. And I think a great example of that um, is another example of an athlete that the world just... Um, ah, Kobe Bryant. Right, right. So, so yeah, you know, may he rest in peace. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Kobe's had a had a difficult past, right? But um, I'm I have to confess, I don't really know a lot about basketball or about <laughs> sports at Do you know all. What team he was on <laughs> the Lakers. I know there that. There you go, okay. Andrew. So. Maybe you could kind of t- tell us. Tell I just his story a little bit. Well, so the yeah, the day I heard about the crash, I was very sad just because he's one of those. As you grow up, there's certain athletes that yeah. kind of mark your childhood yeah. and, and things, mm-hmm. at least for me. And he was definitely one of them. He, he and Shaquille O'Neal and the Lakers and the dynasty they had for a little while. Um, but then I didn't realize that he had this whole spiritual side. I, I remember because obviously with the trial and things were sort of shaking his marriage for a while. Yeah. But there was a quote that I read that he uh, promised to his wife to work just as hard, if not harder, on their marriage as he had on his basketball career. Wow. And for an athlete to say that, who their their life is being in the gym and working out and dribbling and taking shots and a lot, yeah. and training and it's your you know you're making millions, and you see that he did that. It wasn't just words, but he truly did that. And he had kids, and he was on his way to actually bring his daughter to a basketball tournament mm-hmm. when the helicopter crashed. And he also, uh, in another quote that I read, uh, attributes his conversion to speaking to a priest. Yeah, I read that too. That was pretty compelling. He said that that what really got me turning around was was a conversation with a priest that I had. And I think there's been a lot of stories on, on media. I think like the day he the day he passed away or the day right before, he had he had just been to Mass. Yeah, it was a Sunday. So he probably went to I think went to Mass that morning. Someone even told me he went to daily Mass. And yeah, it's I think those influencers, people that have all like millions of followers, even down to each one of us who are Right anonymous right, exactly. <laughs> in the world and not known by tons of people. We're called to create co- that Christian culture and to be bold. Uh, but yeah, you have you can have a huge impact that way. Kanye West is another example. <laughs> so the same thing. I get, I mean, he's not Saint Kanye West right. yet. We can pray for him. And, yeah, exactly. You know? uh-huh. But coming out with an album all about Jesus is king. Uh-huh. You know that that's bold. He lost a lot of friends. He lost a lot of money. He lost contracts. Uh, but he was willing to do it because he said, it doesn't make sense for me to make a career anymore that doesn't glorify God. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to glorify God with my music. And all of us can glorify God with the different talents that we have. Right. That's a very specific way. And even we have a great example in our house of a priest, Father David Boish, yes. who's from Spain. Uh-huh. And he was recently admitted to a hospital with a broken femur. But on top of that, he has a bunch of other medical And he's 80, 85 or 86. And yeah. he's... Yeah, he's given him everything to his priesthood. Yeah. So he's he's tired, his body's tired and, and so he's in his um 
I guess you call it, I don't know if you call it hospice care, but he's here at the house. Uh-huh. He's back from the hospital, but he has nurses that come in each day and he has people that are with him constantly, like 24 hours, um, helping him. And he's basically bedridden. He can't right. get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And so the other day, um, we just stop in for a couple minutes and say hello to him before going back to studying or to on the way to exams and things. And um, the one of the, the helpers that was there, Mentioned to me, oh, brother, so he asked the brother that came in before you um, that once he gets out of bed um, and he can get pushed around in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. that the first place he wants to go is the Vatican. Oh, wow. I was like, ah. Oh. So I, t- I said, oh, Father David, um, you want to you want to say hi to the Pope? And he said, no, so the Pope can say hi to me. <laughs> <laughs> typical, I, typical Spanish remark. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was great because someone that's suffering and is immobile and I can't imagine how hard that is and just frustrating right. for anyone. To still have that sense of humor uh, is, yeah. and he always says claro to everything you say. Like, mm-hmm. when, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, very bold. Like when a brother was saying, "Father, when you when you're well enough, we need to go back to playing Parcheesi, <laughs> and that you're you're like always the green because it's the canonical color." And he's like, claro. <laughs> so he still has this sense of humor, even though it's like very, you know, it's, uh, through his hard breathing, and you know, mm-hmm. he's there suffering. Um, but at the same time, you see a peace because yeah, uh, he's a he's a man who's Recognize that right now for him, like God's uh, choice for him right now is that he's in yeah. this situation. Yep. Um, and so whatever situation we find ourselves in, whether we have millions of followers, whether we're, we're parents of a family, whether we're working, whether we're seminarians. Or, or a, an ailing priest in a, in a small room in a seminary. We, we are all called to continue analyzing each day, go deeper, take a step back. What is God asking of me right. today in this moment? And realize that those small acts of love and sacrifice to big, putting on huge events like the Night to Shine event, yeah, that changes culture. That changes culture. And that's the answer to, the, to the, what the world needs today. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. That, that is an answer to what the world needs. And, and we can't be afraid. We can't be afraid. We can't be afraid to be bold. We can't be afraid to, to make mistakes and, and you know, trying to spread this, this Christian culture that we're trying to build. Um, we just got to get out there and, and just do it. You know, yes. I don't know. We just got to get out there and do it. Um, so we have a couple of things coming up on the on the horizon. Um, a couple of ordinations happening here in the, here in Rome. Uh, in two weeks, we have one of our one of our brothers here is going to be ordained a deacon, Deacon uh, Ricardo from Brazil. So uh, he was. Um, so I, pray for Deacon. Yeah, yeah. Pray for Deacon Ricardo, Ricardo Pata. Please, yeah. On February twenty second, and then some of our listeners may know a familiar name. Vin Pham. That's right. Vin Pham is going to be ordained a deacon um, this summer. I don't know when. I don't. I don't know if the dates come out. Yet. He and maybe twenty five others. Yeah, all together. Yeah, exactly. The gr- I mean, the, the group that will be right. this summer. Right. Exactly. And um, so we lo- we would love to pressure Brother Vin to come and do an interview with us because next episode. Because really, that's the only way that we can get this this whole podcast out there, right? Exactly. Because Brother Vin is like the cream of the crop. Speaking of influencers. Exactly. So (laughs) hopefully next episode in March, we'll have Brother Vin out here um, pending. Especially uh, if you, our listeners, make a lot of noise and then you won't be able to say no. Exactly. That's that's right. So um, so yeah, those are some exciting things coming up. But until then, we have to finish our exams. So we're almost there. Back to normal life. We got this. Thanks to the Holy Spirit. I've been asking saints, special saints, to intercede for me during this time of exams. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of patron saints of lost causes and patron saints. Of- St. <laughs> Rita, patron saint of the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> was it Joseph Cupertino that was... Oh, really? It's also like for his studies. 
okay. for Latin, Curia Vars. Oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah, for whatever situation you find yourself in, look up the patron saints, pray to them. Yeah. That's also part of being this mystical body. Mystical body of Christ as That's a right. community of believers all going towards heaven together. Our, our friends in heaven, the That's saints, right. That's right. are here to help us. So That's good. Reach, reach out to them. I hope you like this podcast. I hope that you ended with joy, as Mother Teresa at the beginning of this episode reminded us. That's right. We just wanted to bring a little bit of joy in your house. In your house. That's right. This house will serve the Lord. That's right. As for me and my household, we, we will serve, serve the, the Lord. Lord. Amen. God bless. And remember, don't just do. Dunque.